Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 341 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So I feel like we are past Thanksgiving now. Tomorrow is December 1st. Are we allowed to talk about Christmas yet, Sarah? We're allowed to sing. <laughs> We're allowed to play the music. All the rules have been lifted. It is uh, it is all holidays here on out. And I'm really excited for today's episode. We're doing something a little bit different today. We're taking everybody kind of behind the scenes into two different moms' holiday lives with their kids at different ages. So Megan, one of the things we hear over and over again from our listeners is that it's really helpful to hear how different kinds of families kind of like do life, do the holidays, do their dinners, whatever. So having our contributor team pop into the show on occasion is really fun. It allows us to dive into things like blended families or different working or living situations, new babies, twins, teens, all the things. So this is going to be really fun. Yeah. And holidays are, it's like such an interesting microcosm or backdrop for these kinds of conversations because there are through lines of things that many families are doing similarly. Like maybe everyone's, you know, most people are buying gifts or traveling, but then the nuance of how everybody makes this magic in their specific homes is really not general at all. So it's really interesting to hear how different, like we all kind of do things within the bigger context, I guess, of these holiday traditions. Well, right. And what feels like, oh, this is just our normal advent. This is how we do it is can feel sort of everyday or mundane when it's how your family has always done it. But then I think what's so fun is when you are peeking behind the curtain at someone else's family, you can get really good ideas or be like, oh, wow, I never thought about doing it that way. So this is going to be really fun. And, and also just acknowledging that we know as Megan and Sarah, we're just two moms and you've been hearing from us for almost seven years and we love to share our holiday traditions, but we've kind of done that a whole bunch. So it's really <laughs> nice to be able to spotlight, again, different kinds of families and and different moms on the show. So today we have two different moms we're chatting with from our team. Jennifer is mom to four-year-old twins. She and her husband live in Oklahoma. And then Lisa, who you spoke to, Megan, is a divorced mom with four kids of you know really different age ranges. Yeah. And it was a great conversation because I'm also a divorced mom with a large family. And so 
there's certain things that Lisa and I kind of do similarly and then things that we do really, really differently. So even within specific types of families, you're going to see a wide range of how we do, how we all do these things that we do. How we do it. And that is a great segue into what I like to call our holiday magic disclaimer, which happens near the beginning of many episodes this time of year. And that is that if you have little ears who typically listen along with you um, and they are curious about how holiday magic works, this is probably an episode I'm going to say to pop in your earbuds. I'm not even going to be more specific than that, but I will just say I spoke to Jennifer and you spoke to Lisa. And in both of our conversations, there was quite a bit of detail about gift buying and magic making and all of the things. So I would just say that this is a um, adults only listen, which we don't say very often on the mom house. <laughs> it's an adults only listen about, you know, um, elves. I, I, yeah, I agree, Sarah. And like, you know, I think that those conversations can be subtle, which we always try to do. And with some little kids, it'll just fly right over their heads. Sure. But there might be that one who's like, you know, the analytical person yeah, in your household question and asking one. Yes. The one and has on the their fence. little note. They have their little notebook out and they're like jotting down notes and like, oh, that was interesting wording. So yeah. yeah, just a big disclaimer that that's happening. And so this would be a good episode for you to maybe listen to in a different room with no one around. Yeah. Well, we also definitely want to give a shout out to our small business boutique, which just recently launched. Um, And this is a great way to support small business owners and creatives from our listener community. So this is a little bit different from the way we do traditional advertisements that are, you know, kind of embedded into the show. This is a curated collection of diverse, small, like really small businesses that we're now featuring on a special page where you can go shop their businesses all together. And now is a really great time to shop small online because there's still a lot of time for shipping. And many of the businesses that we are featuring are offering exclusive discounts for Mom Hour listeners. I love this. And I just love just kind of the wide variety of businesses on the Mom Hour Small Business Boutique page. Um, there's some beautiful jewelry made by a mother-daughter team. There's some really cute kids' clothes, ethical fashion for moms. There's a tea company, which is right up your alley, Megan. I'm sipping their tea right now. Yes. <laughs> I love it so much. So I know for me, getting gift ideas, I love to shop small. It's been kind of a core value of mine increasingly the last few seasons. But sometimes it's like the where do I even start or what types of categories do I you know type into Google? So this is like a very, like you said, well-curated list of small businesses owned by members of our community um, who have a variety of products for the holiday shopping season. Yeah. And it's not just products. We've also got a natural living company and a personal project assistant service that I think would be amazing for moms. So definitely check out the Mom Hour Small Business Boutique. It's really easy to find. It's at themomhour.com slash shop. Literally just themomhour.com slash shop. So go check them out. Definitely go check them out. Okay, Megan. So this is really fun. I mentioned earlier that Jennifer's a mom of twins, four-year-old twins. So she is in the thick of preschool aged holiday fun. And then Lisa, who you spoke to, has kids ranging from seven to 14 and a big full house of four kids. And she's a single mom. I thought as I was listening to both these interviews, a couple of things stood out to me. One was that both conversations kind of reflect on what it means to have kids change and go through different phases as each holiday season, you know, as we go through each holiday season. And what's funny about that is Jennifer's only four years into motherhood, but she and I have a really great conversation about the intensity of the first couple of Christmases with babies and toddlers. And then for her, 
it's times two because she has right. twins. Um, and she's really seeing the light now as a mom of four year olds. They're starting to like be excited about the holidays and understand it all. And I just so remember that in the preschool years. And then you and Lisa talked about much more about the transition from little kids to big kids and what that looks like. Um, yeah, definitely very different um, holiday experiences that we all eventually have as moms. But it's kind of fun to hear Jennifer talk about that earlier stage, too. And both Jennifer and Lisa talked about their Advent traditions, which I know is something that a lot of you all are thinking about. Tomorrow's December 1st. If you don't have something all planned out and it's not Pinteresty, that's okay. But they share how their families do Advent. And then both of them also talk about kind of the gift giving challenges they encounter in their specific family. So having boy girl twins presents um, one set of challenges for Jennifer. And then Lisa talked a lot about what it's like as kids get older and Megan, you and she talked about kind of the challenge of gifting to teens when their tastes get a little bit more expensive and all of that. Yeah, especially when you have one kid like at the far end of the spectrum and like everything they want is $150 and then you still have younger kids who are happy with just a pile of cheap stuff. It's like that that tension is often felt in houses where there's that wide age range spread. So yeah, that was a really fun part of the conversation too. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Excited to have you. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah. So happy holidays officially. I would love to just hear a little bit about you and your family. So introduce yourself and tell a little bit about where you live and how old your kids are and all of that. 
Thanks. So yeah, like you said, my name is Jennifer. We live, um, my husband and I, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we have four-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, and their names are Heath and Harper. Oh, I love it. And you are at home full-time with the twins right now. Is that correct? So yes and no. That's kind of a mixed (laughs) answer. I am technically a stay-at-home mom, but I work part-time as a freelance writer. And so uh, the twins go to preschool three days a week, and I try to squeeze as much writing into those three days a week or write when they're sleeping, basically. Yep. I have been there. And I think a lot of our team and a lot of our listeners are in that kind of hybrid space. So I love it. Well, we're going to talk about the holidays today and what the holidays are looking like in your family this year. But I want to dig into this this preschool age. So you're they're four. When will they be five? Like, let's orient them exactly where they are age-wise. They will turn five May 25th. Okay. So four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. And tell me, do they remember Christmases, holidays past? Because one of my observations is that like as moms, we put so much work into the first few holiday seasons and then the months go by and you realize like your three-year-old has no memory of last year's Christmas. But around four or five, I know my kids started to like be like, oh, right, we get out the elf or we do this. So I'm curious how that is, if they're remembering what's ahead this Christmas. Yeah, Sarah, that's a really great point. So it does seem like developmentally in the last six months, they have really gotten to a point where they're remembering things, but they can also articulate what they remember. Mm -hmm. And so it's really been fun just to have them like, hey, remember when we went and did this or remember that um, we had this family gathering or it seems like the thing they remember most from last Christmas is that I guess I backed over our Christmas lights one day (laughs) uh, heading to school. And so they're like, remember you backed over the lights. And so I'm probably never going to live that down, but that might be one of the central memories that they have of Christmas so far. That is so funny. So um, we are recording this even before Thanksgiving. So I'm sure Uh, Well, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing you haven't like gotten out a lot of decorations yet or started in on the on the Christmas part of the season. But are there some things that you're excited to do again, some traditions or some things that you think the twins will really be just the perfect age for this year? So um, I actually did get a jump start on decorating. Normally, I'm really staunch, like you can't get out your Christmas tree or put up lights or anything until, um, you know, Thanksgiving is over or Thanksgiving dinner is finished. But last year, we were kind of in a period of transition. We were remodeling our house. And so we actually moved in with my parents for the holidays. Okay. Um, and so we didn't get to decorate for Christmas. And so we're really excited and, um, got a head start on that. Uh, so that's been really fun. Just kind of including them, um, a little bit in that I have to say, just like decorating with toddlers is not easy because everything just gets like scattered everywhere. But, um, this year I think they'll really be able to understand, um, we celebrate Advent in our family and Mm -hmm. just like, it's a season, season of, waiting and anticipation. And I'm hopeful that they'll be able to kind of take more of that in this year, whereas previously they were kind of too young to understand much of that. Right. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'd love to hear whatever you want to share about your Advent tradition or how you plan to kind of mark the days this year. Yeah. So in the past, I'd gone on Pinterest and 
um, found these like really creative advent calendars and there's like an activity and um, you read a little short Bible story and those sort of things um, and you get a chocolate. And so in years past, I've had these like super high hopes. And then by <laughs> December 5th, like it has basically just gone down to we're eating the chocolate uh, at the point in the day and we've abandoned all of the other things. But, you know, their attention spans are getting longer and they're getting like, like I said, where they comprehend a lot more. So I'm hopeful that like that's our tradition. And then last year, just with COVID, you know, there weren't really any Christmas performances or any events like that. And so we've got a couple of those on the calendar that I'm hopeful we'll be able to add into our celebration. Do you find that because they go to preschool and I'm sure they have some little friends now and they're four and a half, do you find that there's any kind of chit chat among the preschool set about what the holidays are all about, how different families celebrate? I'm thinking of things like, oh, there's an elf who comes to my friend's house, but not to my house. Or you know, I, there's a million different ways this has played. This can play out. Has that come up at all for you? And then I'm thinking with twins, it's like double because then they can compare notes and like, what do you think about this? I think that's kind of a very sweet and sometimes funny and sometimes a little tricky part of how different families celebrate holiday magic. Yeah. So that's a good point. Um, they're in the same class, so they're not hearing like different things from different friends, if that makes sense. Um, and their preschool class is pretty small, but, um, we do have friends who, you know, Santa is not a really big deal to them or they don't put much into the whole Santa thing. And so it hasn't come up because they've um, basically just like really started asking questions about like, well, how does this work or what's going on with this? Like, for example, yesterday, Heath was like, now does Santa live at Bass Pro? Because that's where <laughs> we've always gone to see Santa. Um, and so then Harper was like, no, no, he just visits Bass Pro. He doesn't live there. I think we're like just on the cusp of that. So maybe this holiday season we'll be getting there. Yeah. And I'm sure like you get the built in conversation. It's so cute to hear preschoolers talk about this kind of stuff. Um, and yes. you, because you have two of them, you kind of have like the perfect seat of like watching their little minds work it out. And, you know, historically on this show, I'll just as an aside, like we're cool with whatever families do about how they how they work magic into the season. And we're always um we always give little disclaimers at the top of the episode that like little ears are listening and magic works differently in every family. But I just love that you get to like, you get to hear them discuss it amongst each other, which is so cute. Yes. That's been really fun. Oh, I love it. Okay. So let's talk about gift giving, um, which is on everybody's minds right now. It feels like most families are really trying to shop early this year. How has that worked historically for you with two kids of the exact same age? Has it felt like pressure over the years to figure out like, okay, we're going to do his and hers bikes, or we're going to like somehow coordinate the gift giving so that it's both fair and kind of equal, but I'm sure they have very different little personalities. So talk about the twin challenges of gift giving and how that's worked. So some of the challenges that I think are unique to twins um, are just that like, it's easy to be overwhelmed by toys just because Mm. you have two sets of toys kind of Um, that are the same age group, where as if you had, you know, kids of different ages, you might have some baby toys and some older kid toys, that sort of thing. 
So what we've done um, thinking about gifts with the twins is we have really tried not to buy duplicates of Mm -hmm. things unless it was like a big ticket item, like a bike or a scooter or something like that. But instead tried to be more intentional about buying kind of like a category of a toy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like we have a lot of um, dress up clothes. And so one might get um, a firefighter costume and the other might get an astronaut costume or like we have magnetiles or stuff that they can both play with together. And so at Christmas, you know, they each get kind of their own gift that is unique to them and their personality, but there are a lot of shared gifts. Yeah. And um, two years ago, you know, when they were like toddlers, we really tried, you know, not to go overboard with so many toys and one reason for that was just because they were sharing a room. Okay. And with twins sharing a room, it gets crazy mm-hmm. at nap time, sleep time, that sort of thing. And yeah. so literally we could not have any toys in their room. Um, and so we were trying to, you know, put toys in different little play zones across the house. Yeah. And then both Heath and Harper are really high energy. So I would say, um, Chris, my husband and I, Always try to think of like, what's a toy that's going to help us burn energy? Mm -hmm. So we've had like a mini trampoline, um, a bounce house that we've used indoors, scooters, bikes. Now we have um, a really large trampoline that's big enough for two kiddos uh, outside. And so we're kind of always thinking about like, what will burn some of that energy? I love that. Has it been a challenge to, I'm thinking about when maybe relatives and the grandparents are looking to get gifts, is that added to the challenge of this like double the stuff or have you found ways to like communicate that um, and set those boundaries so that you also aren't getting an influx of double the fun from, you know, from outside your nuclear family? Yeah, I think so. I mean, both my parents and my husband's parents usually kind of reach out to us ahead of the holidays, mm-hmm. asking for suggestions, that sort of thing. Um, on my husband's side of the family, he comes from a really large family. And so um, before our set of twins, and then actually my sister-in-law has a set of twins as well, we used to give all the kids a gift from their cousins. But once we added the two sets of twins, we started drawing names (laughs) because yeah, I mean, it was like just a ton of gifts. And so I think that helps. And then, um, you know, just being thoughtful about like, okay, what are they playing with? Like, do they need, um, more advanced puzzles this year or are they going from Duplos to Legos and things like that? And maybe give, um, suggestions when they're asked for, um, in that direction. Yeah. Well, and it is great. It does sound like you have a family who listens to those suggestions and who's open to like changing up the way things have always been. I know that that is a challenge. I think it's a challenge in almost every family. Like you said, like, okay, now there are 20 cousins. Do we really need to get gifts for everybody? So I love hearing that. Well, let's get back to kind of uh, behind the scenes in the holidays in your house. Are there any specific events or travel or traditions that you're really looking forward to this year with the twins, the age that they are? So they're in preschool. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. probably my absolute favorite Christmas tradition is the little Christmas performance that mm-hmm. the twins do at school. I just like, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, when you get 20 toddlers and, or four-year-olds 
the whole school up on stage. And so, I mean, it's just always a good time and like seeing them in their element with their friends and their little personalities come out, I think is just a real joy. So that's probably my favorite tradition. I mean, I think so many people are just, just so hungry for the return of live anything from like, and the holidays, you're right. It's such a, um, a touch point for a lot of people, everything from going to see the Nutcracker or the Christmas Carol or the school productions. And so, yeah, that is, I'm so glad for you as a mom that you get to get back to that with preschoolers because I bet it will be adorable. Yeah. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how things have gotten easier. You mentioned like decorating with toddlers around and the challenges of, you know, having kids who take up a lot of your physical time and energy and yet you want you want to enjoy your holiday season, but it's really hard. So do you do you feel like there's any kind of encouragement you can give to moms of littles? And I'm, I'm especially picturing our moms with twins or maybe like a couple kids really close in age. Like what light is at the end of the tunnel for them now that you're in this sweet little preschool age? So I had always heard when the twins were little that if you can just make it to four years old, that like four years old is this magical age and the clouds are going to part, the light is going to shine down and you are just going to like have it made. And I kind of thought that was crazy before we got there. But now that we are in the thick of four years old, I can say that is a hundred percent true. And it's just really been interesting to see how much Christmases and holidays have changed each year. So, you know, the first year they're six months old and it really is, you're in the thick of, you know, if you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding and all of the challenges that that brings and adds to just your daily schedule. But the silver lining there is like, they sleep a lot at that point. And so if you can strategically time your holiday dinner or whatever it is around nap time or something like that, you can still get that adult time. You can almost continue your adult Christmas traditions for like a bonus year if you have infants. I would agree with that. Like the first time when you had a few more kids, it gets harder. But yeah, I totally agree. Exactly. And so then the next year, like everyone's moving, everyone's Mm -hmm. walking. And those early toddler years, I think those were maybe the hardest for us just because like family gatherings um, you know, everyone's like, oh, you can't hurt a thing. Our house is kid proof. Well, is it twin proof? <laughs> and I mean, literally my husband and I just felt like we were playing zone defense, like yeah. on our feet, just chasing kids. And so, you know, I mean, it's like, I'm sure all the moms can relate. It's just like, it's hard to have yeah. a conversation when you get interrupted 14 times in the same sentence. But we have like kind of turned that corner now where we can like send the twins to play with their cousins or, you know, they can entertain themselves a little bit more or they'll like come and check in, but they can run off and play. And so I guess the encouragement would be that that season is a short one. And that if you can just round that corner to four years old, like it's going to be a whole new ball game. I love hearing that. And I loved hearing you kind of walk through the the ages of those first few holiday seasons because it changes so much. And I did not have twins, but my first two babies do have that April, June, like that same time of year. So I did have, you know, six month olds at Christmas and 18 month olds at Christmas and two and a half year olds. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it it it's only in looking back that we can see how sweet each of those holiday seasons were. But you're right. They're really, really intense um and not so fun in some ways. Uh 
for the first couple of years. So I love that looking ahead to four. Well, let's finish up, Jennifer, by talking a little bit about the great gift guide that you created on themomhour.com, which is up now. And I'm so impressed by how much family adventuring outdoors you've done. Um, Amanda on our team let me know that you and your husband taught your twins to water ski when they were two and a half. Is this, can this be true? Is that a true rumor? Well, so that was wake surfing, um, which is like on the board with us. But yes, at four (laughs) years old, they did go and water ski. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you, you all are serious about your outdoor adventuring. And I just think you come by this that's it's hard earned experience because you've had to do everything at every age times two little kids. So talk a little bit about, um, if you want to share anything about just how that works into your family culture, feel free, or just jump right into the gift guide and, and what that was like for you putting that together. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think it really plays into our family culture. Um, just kind of a quick story. Yeah. When my husband and I were married and really starting to think about starting a family, we went to Banff National Park and we were on this like really challenging hike. And we thought we were the first ones on the trail and we're going to hike up to this tea hut. Um, and we're just like kind of patting ourselves on our back for hiking it so quickly. And then we get to the top and up ahead is this like precious family with four kiddos and like the mom's carrying a kid, the dad's carrying a kid and the two older kids were walking and we were just blown away. First of all, I mean, it was a challenging hike to us as adults, but to just see this family, like enjoying their time together and enjoying the outdoors, it just really made an impression on us. And I think like from there, we just being outdoor people ourselves, we wanted our kids to join our adventure. And, you know, of course your adventure changes once you have kids and you're not going to do some of the same things that you did previous to kids, or, you know, you're going to have to make adjustments, but just how can we help our kids join our adventure is kind of how we've tried to, um, make our family motto. I love it. And so we try to spend as much time outside with them as we can, whether that's taking them to the lake or little camping trips or something like that. But really, I mean, those are the special events. A lot of it is just in the everyday. Like, can we walk outside? Can we rake mm-hmm. leaves together? And those little moments, I do think, build up to be, we're hopeful kids that love the outdoors and kids that want to spend time with us as a family as they get older. I love it so much. Um, Anything on that gift guide list that you particularly love, or is it all just kind of some of your favorite things? I loved looking it over. Oh, thanks. Um, So I will say the thing that was probably a game changer for us was the hiking backpack carrier. That's kind of a big ticket item. And we actually bought ours secondhand Um, on Facebook marketplace. So, you know, you can go on Facebook and like set an alert for certain keywords. And so that's kind of what we did and just waited till the right one came up. But that has just really served us well over the years because when they were really little, we went to like Smoky Mountain National Park and they pretty much stayed in the carrier most of the time. And we were able to like really hike and they would sleep, they would eat, they would do all the things from the carrier. Um, this last summer, 
you know, obviously they're getting bigger and heavier and we um, aren't getting younger. Yeah. So (laughs) we can't quite carry them. Yeah. We can't quite carry them the whole way, but um, the carrier is like an insurance policy. You can take it with you. If someone has a meltdown, if someone is just really tired or needs a break, you can say, well, hop on. Um, and it's comfortable. It's going to like save your shoulder and your back and you can keep going and enjoy the fun and let them hike some too. I love it. Well, that gift guide is at our, it's linked on our holiday headquarters page, which is the momhour.com slash holiday 21, along with a bunch of other gift guides. And Jennifer, this was so fun. I loved the peek into your family's holiday season and we just wish you a very merry season with your four-year-old twins. Thank you, Sarah. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Okay, we are back. And now, Megan, we are going to hear you chat with Lisa from our contributor team. As we mentioned earlier, Lisa is a divorced mom of four. And the two of you spend some time talking about co-parenting in a divorced family at the holidays, gift giving when your kids are at a wide range of ages, and creating fun traditions for older kids. I was so inspired by her approach to Advent and togetherness traditions and all that intentionality she's put around that. Yeah. I loved hearing those ideas from Lisa. Um, I was definitely like mentally jotting notes while she was talking. Um, so this was a really fun interview. Let's get to it. Hi, Lisa. Welcome back to the show. Hey, how are you? I am doing really well. Um, and I have to just let everyone know that we are both like jammied up right now and joking about how our kids are off. We both have many children and they're off doing other things. Yes. They are off having a time where they're not talking to mom at the moment. But Lisa, we talked to you a few months ago about your busy morning hustle um, in our September Voices episode. And today we're going to have you back to talk about holidays in your house. But before we dive into that, remind us how old your kids are and just tell us a little bit about your life as a divorced mom. Yeah, sure. Um, So I am a single mom of four, um, ages 14, 12, 8, and 7. And this year, we have delved delved into the world of three schools. So I'm at the high school, the middle school, and the elementary school. Um, So I work full-time out of the home, and I actually am an educator in early childhood special education. So we run the gamut of of educational standpoints. (laughs) Yes, I can imagine. You've got a lot going on. And it is the holidays, which makes, first of all, the spread of ages in your household interesting. You've got 
older kids. I remember that being the phase for me where like suddenly the older kids stack of gifts and the younger kids stacks of gifts didn't really match up anymore because everything the older kids wanted was like 10 times as expensive as the younger kids. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I remember about that stage. And also being a divorced mom, there's just some things that go along with that where, you know, sometimes you're dealing with like some complications around gift giving or schedules and things like that. So let's talk about that in a minute. But first, you have been a mom for the past 15 holiday seasons. You've been divorced for about half of that. Mm -hmm. So how have the holidays changed for you over the years, both because of your kids' ages and because of the fact that like now you've got two different households? Right. So it is kind of a crazy town. I, I don't know if it's just me being a firstborn. I really, I like order. I like um, predictability. I like stability. I'm a sucker for sentiment and tradition. (laughs) And so (laughs) it's been a little bit tricky because I feel like as I grew up, I tried to um, uphold those same traditions with my family. And that obviously had to look a little bit different, specifically the last seven years. And so I think you're right. I mean, as the kids got older, um, it does look a little bit different, but specifically kind of looking through the divorce, um, it really has varied. We have been very amicable around holidays. And so um, thankfully the last seven years, I have been able to uphold the um, Christmas Eve with my family. And then we get up early Christmas day and drive back. So all my family lives in different parts of kind of the country, all Midwest-ish, but we all have to drive to see each other um, several hours. So this year actually will look a little bit different. It will be, I think the first Christmas I won't have my kids, um, just specifically on like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day to do those traditions. So I'm just kind of processing through that Mm. and trying to figure out, you know, People talk often about it's not about the actual day. It's about the you know tradition you have around it. And I think I'm not quite there yet. Not for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, but my plan is to have a Christmas with my kids and um, still do the same things. Like we love doing dip night or it's either dip night or they get to choose dinner. It's not always a traditional dinner. Sometimes it's Chinese food. Um, but the way we gather around together, we open gifts one by one, we watch each other. We're thankful for all the, you know, business. Um, I'm still doing the advent calendar with them. So it just, it has really varied from what I knew growing up to what I know now as an adult. And now even as an adult, kind of watching that mold and shape and change with, um, divorce and the kids getting older and not necessarily wanting different things. It was interesting because when I knew I was coming on the episode, I had all these ideas in my head of what I felt like I've made traditions for my kids, but I wanted to make sure it matched up with what they identified with too. Like, is this just for me or do they identify with this? And literally everything I had in my mind, they named. So it was just kind of validating (laughs) that, okay, Yes. Even though they're older, even though it's looking different, um, they still kind of hold those same values that I do around the holidays. So Lisa, there's so much um, to unpack there. One thing I think is so important is that reminder that like, 
it's the traditions that matter, not necessarily the day that they happen. However, I know as a mom, and I'm very lucky, I've been divorced for, I think this will be my fifth Christmas, maybe my sixth Christmas. I don't even know. I've lost track now um, <laughs> as a divorced mom. But we've always, I've always been able to have my kids under my roof on Christmas Eve, except for one night, one time we didn't. And that was like really hard. They did come back in the morning. But I remember thinking like, why am I so hung up on this? Like, why is this thing so important to me? This date, like the 24th, mm -hmm. like really who cares, you know, but it really right. it did matter to me. I think it mattered to me maybe more than like the kids really noticed, even though we still got to have all the trappings of the holiday traditions that really are the thing that matter. So I think it's a really important distinction to make that like all those things that you talked about that your kids love and notice and value don't necessarily have to happen on the 24th or the 25th for them to count. But as the mom, it's really hard to separate yourself mm -hmm. from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are you, um, are you doing anything differently this year? Because it is going to be different for you. Are you going to change anything up or are you just basically going to move those traditions to a different date? I'm not super sure. I've been okay. toying around with it a lot. And so, yeah. I mean, for sure, they'll have to move to a different day. Like we will go through and we'll do the same traditions. Um, it just won't, it won't be the same because it won't be with my family. We're going to try to celebrate over New Year's Eve instead of um, all together for Christmas. So in terms of like before my kids go with their dad, often I would have my own individual Christmas with them anyway. Then they would have Christmas with him and then we'd go out to see my family. So part of that will still look the same. I think I'm I'm having them back on Christmas Day, so technically we could still do um, like evening things, and we may just mm, do that. Yeah. We may just do like evening flip -flop stuff it, almost. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and you know, it's really your kids are getting older, your older ones, and I think one thing that I've had to kind of realize in the last few years is like the divorce aside, that's just one reason things change, but like mm -hmm. they get older too. <laughs> That's another sure. reason things change. And at some point, they're all going to be like off doing their own lives at college um, and their adult lives, married, having their own kids. So it, this is like one of those inevitabilities for all of us as moms. And I think it can be really hard when you come from that background where those traditions really matter to you. And um, my Christmas traditions mattered a lot when I was a kid. And I really tried to replicate them for my kids and did a pretty darn good job of it for a really long time. And now I'm like, okay, but this can't go on forever. <laughs> like at mm -hmm. some point, mm -hmm. this will change, whether it's all at once or whether it gradually kind of just trickles off over the years or whether sometimes maybe one year you get to do it the way you always did. And then the next year you have to change it. I mean, there's just so many ways it can, it can play out. Oh, for sure. No, you're absolutely right. And the the great news for me, I'm not quite there to the college stages yet. So I'm just going right. to soak in like every little piece of any little thing that I can shove in. Like, right. you know, I think there's some kind of meme or a cartoon about how the mom is exhausted around Christmas because she tries to do all the things to make it perfect. And, and I'm definitely that person. Like, I know it won't be perfect, um, but I just, I am a diehard. I'm a diehard for, for tradition and sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> How has giving gifts been um, in your, you know, in your reality as a single mom? Do you share that responsibility with your ex? Do you just give your own gifts? I know that can be a tricky thing. And I know in, in my, I'll just tell you how my situation's been. We just, because the kids were pretty little when, um, well, some of them were pretty little when we split up, 
we just kind of kept it going. We have a spreadsheet. We, you know, just basically kind of pitch in on things and then give them to the kids as like a duo. And what's been tricky about that as the kids get older is sometimes I'm like, yeah, but I want that to be my gift because mm. <laughs> it like it only really works in my house. It's like more of a self like it's a more of a, a gift mm-hmm. for this home and not for that mm-hmm. home. Or maybe mm-hmm. I'd like to give my kids a trip. So I think that's one of those things that we've been able to do, but we'll probably start to change. I'm curious how that's looked for you. Yeah, I'd say we have been about the same. We had pretty open communication around the holidays and um I have full residential custody, so they're with me um, basically 100% of the time. Um, And so I kind of was able to be like the list maker that, okay, here's what they, we started that whole thing. What do they want, need, wear, read, whatever. And so I could speak a little bit more clearly to that. Although if he had ideas or whatever, we would entertain whatever. So some years, if we agreed on everything, we would go in together, like you said, and everything was from both of us. Um, There's a pretty substantial financial difference in our incomes. And so um, in some ways, I felt like, well, it was pretty generous of him to put my name on the tag, even though maybe (laughs) the bill didn't equal the same amounts of things. Um, But and then other years, we just decided it was better for us to do our own thing. It really has varied year to year. Yeah, I'd say more years than not, we went in together. Um, This year, we are doing our own. Um, and it'll be interesting because traditionally Santa brings for my family, the big gift on Christmas day. So family yeah. gives family gifts on Christmas Eve. We wake up Christmas morning and there are stockings and Santa's big gift. Um, and so since he'll have them Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, something we haven't covered yet, um, is who's doing what for that. And I'm fully prepared to have Santa visit both places. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's, it's been nice because it was flexible, but also that unpredictability of, okay, well, where, what are we doing now? It's just a conversation that um, we'll have to continually figure out um, until it's kind of definitively decided like you that, okay, well, this is the year that from here on, we'll just do our own. Well, and I think, too, that one thing you really learn in a family, as your kids get older, regardless, if you have a large spread in ages, you learn to be flexible because what works for the kids who are at the um, older range of the age ages is not going to necessarily work for the kids at the younger age. Right. And then you add Mm -hmm. in a divorce and that just throws everything out the window. So Mm -hmm. before um, our divorce. We had very specific traditions around Santa gifts, right down to the paper they were wrapped in. That was a, a holdover from my upbringing. They were always <laughs> wrapped in a certain kind of paper. Like that's something that I carried forward. And then at some point, it just kind of stopped making sense because there was like the other element of like two different adults in two different households chipping in on the same gifts. And maybe sometimes we would buy our own things. And I'm like, okay, so which one, who gives what? Like, it just, mm. it does change things and we had to get really flexible. And I find it interesting, the things that the kids seem to notice and the things that maybe only I really notice <laughs> or like mm-hmm. the things that are really important to me versus the things that like can kind of swing year to year and it's doesn't really affect the experience for them. Okay. Well, it's good to yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> and you never, right. I mean, you never know because like things in your household, you, you might do a totally different way or you might try it one way and the next year change your mind. Right. 
So you do have a wide variety of ages and stages in your household and your four kids. Um, what, you know, you mentioned dip night. What other kind of activities and traditions does everyone love to do that really kind of, um, I don't know, kind of include and involve everyone at both ends of the spectrum? Mm-hmm. So our advent calendar is not just a calendar or just a treat in a, in a box kind of situation. Um, it's a traditional advent calendar in that it counts down to Christmas, but I homemade it with cookie sheets and pockets and scrapbooking galore. And on each tag is either um, an activity for time together or service to others. So like gingerbread houses, all of my kids love to do them. We do them every year. Um, Baking cookies and treats. They get to choose a recipe and I will make it with them. Um, We make, well, COVID kind of put a a kibosh on it last year, but we had um, a card making party and then we deliver those cards to nursing homes and handed them to individual people. Um, We always do Christmas light looking. We always have a new family ornament um, every year. And that's something we look forward to every single year is what is our new ornament for this year? Um, And then I give each of the kids an ornament that kind of corresponds with each other. Um, So between stuff for us to do together, like watching a Christmas movie in our pajamas, or one year we tasted hot chocolate from like three different places and decided which one was our favorite. Um, So I try to do things that I know will either get us out of the house or, and, or will be of service to others. So we volunteered, we've purchased toys, like brand new toys where I specifically said, okay, our angel tree has one that's, you know, the girls, whatever age and the boys age. And so they got to pick out something that they would like to have to give to someone else. So it's a lot of like either time for us to be together or time making someone else's life a little bit brighter or better or easier. Have you found that the younger kids, I I think those are such cool traditions and I love that the service to others part. Have you found that the the younger kids really kind of like look up to the older kids. And I could really imagine that being such a a positive influence on your seven and eight year old that their older siblings are, you know, kind of heading the charge on, on those kind of traditions. Oh, for sure. I think they all get pretty tickled about it. Like I feel like they're pretty close in siblings um, in terms of how they think about each other. If, one gets something, they think about the other people and they'll ask for extras for their siblings or just different things like that. And so I think when we do these things, um, I think it just helps bring them closer together, period. So yes, yes, I don't disagree that the older ones do act as models for the youngers, but I think even the olders embrace those youngers more too. So everyone's kind of in company together and taking care of each other because everyone has their strong suit and even they recognize it in each other. And so yeah, it's just really cool to watch them around that. They want to pick out gifts for each other and the littles want to do it for the bigs and the bigs are considerate of the littles. And so it's just, it's, for me, it's such a fun time. It's a fun time to watch the kids and to watch their eyes light up and, mm. and to watch how they interact with each other and think of each other. What about um, things that maybe, and I'm just being delicate with the way I'm going to um, phrase this for little ears that might be listening, but 
I'm sure there are things that your older kids have have left behind them when it comes to magic at Christmas, right? Mm. And there's things mm-hmm. that your youngers are still really embracing. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the older kids really help kind of keep those traditions going? And do they get excited about that? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. When they were adopted into the magic, it was okay, A, a relief for me. <laughs> right. Because you're like, okay, I can't have, it's like, so you're so outnumbered. You're like, there's too many of yeah. you and I need help. You need some elves, right? <laughs> oh, we've got, we, yes, yes, yeah. for sure. It is. Yeah. And that is one of those. Yes. Um, well, we'll just leave it there, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was a relief yeah. and it was, I thought I'd be more sad and I was definitely really not sad. <laughs> It's a totally different kind of fun to have your own um, helpers under your own roof. It's like you get to bring them in on it and kind of pull back the curtain and then their excitement. It's like a very big kid kind of excitement I have found. And I think it's really fun. It's equally fun. Um, I think for me, when the la- I mean, when the last one crossed over, that was a little sad because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, now we got to go find us some little kids somewhere. But yeah, right. As long as you still have a few in the house who can be, you know, kind of um, who the oldest can help make that magic for. I think it it's really beautiful. And, and I love hearing you talk about your family dynamics. It's super fun. And I think it's as melancholy or as bittersweet as you can kind of consider it. There's something about sharing a wink with your child mm. from the inside, not joke, but that inside magic of oh, hey, did you notice that? Now they're noticing the things that I noticed as a parent. And yeah, and I think it's it's just kind of fun because it, it just up levels. I feel like it up levels that relationship then to a little bit. So it's not just for that moment. It's like with that wink, you understand that they have taken on a, a whole separate responsibility too. So it is about the magic and that tradition. And it just feeds into, I feel like, how they are as humans, like being a good human and understanding, again, that service to others, even if it's just each other in your home, um, how important that is. Do you have um, anything in particular that you're really looking forward to personally this year? Um, Is there, you know, a certain movie that you like to watch with the kids or, um, you know, an event you have coming up? Maybe you have a church service, just something that's on your mind that you're really looking forward to. You know, I always just look forward to the Advent calendar period. Mm. I mean, even though like I got it out literally last week to start rearranging the tags and looking <laughs> at the calendar to see which activities align with which <laughs> which nights and weekends, I think that that's probably my favorite tradition period. Like they come down excited every morning to see um, what our naughty elves have been up to and also <laughs> what's on the Advent calendar. And so I think that's probably my thing that I'm most looking at, like we've already started watching Christmas movies. We are Christmas movie yeah. junkies. And so we watch well before the 25 days of Christmas. So we're already in Christmas jammies and breaking out the tunes. And I did this year start a new tradition of a Thanksgiving tree instead of a Christmas tree right away. So I put our Christmas tree out and I decorated it for Thanksgiving. And each night or each morning we've been putting um, gratitude leaves on it. So I just wanted it to be really big and really present. And so it kind of gives that Christmas-esque feeling <laughs> without pushing it too far <laughs> for right traditional people who love Thanksgiving before Christmas. You know, I've always been um, kind of a stickler for waiting until after Thanksgiving to start any of the, any of it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the music, the lights, any of it. 
And this year I was just like, you know what? I don't know. I just want, I just want a Christmas injection sooner this year. I think I actually started last year because of COVID. I was like, let's just all, whatever makes you feel good, just get on it as fast as you can. And then that was great. So this year I did the same thing. I started earlier than usual. And um, that's been really kind of nice and fun too. So there's always room to mix things up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about that flexibility, right? Yes. Well, Lisa, before we wrap up, I want to know, is there anything that you no, I don't know that you, I don't know if they, I don't know if they listen to the mom hour. Um, I'm assuming not. So if you want to give away like a specific gift that you're really excited about, if not, that's totally fine. But just what is something you're looking forward to giving them or they're really looking forward to doing? You know, I asked them again, like I, again, I, I felt like I knew them well enough to answer for them, but I wanted to make sure before I like go broadcasting it to the entire right. earth, like, let me make sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, and I was right. Like they most look forward to seeing their cousins, seeing their family and just spending that time together in that tradition. Like there are some of the, again, we do dip night at my parents and it's just, those traditions are what they're most looking forward to. Um, and this year was a little bit trickier for gifts. Um, so I really had to dig deep and listen hard for a lot of the year to try to figure out what I was doing. And um, my oldest. No, I'm not going to let them listen. They do listen to the mom <laughs> hour sometimes. But not this episode. Um, they do not get not to this listen episode, to this episode. Right? Not until no, not this one. Not until after Christmas. And they'll forget about it by then. Um, so my <laughs> oldest is getting a stand-up paddleboard. She went to a youth group oh. and tried it out and absolutely loved it. And what a great way to get vitamin D and a great workout and spend time with friends. So I'm like. That is Great. an excellent so gift. Her. I wish you were my mom yes. right now because I want that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Me too, right? Um, <laughs> another one is getting a, um, what do you call it? The stand-up two-footed scooters. I'm not even sure exactly what. I think it's called a flicker. Oh, like the ones that you, okay. Like, so it's like they have like two little different like running boards kind of. And then you hold them and like yes. you go back and forth with the handle. Yes. I, you know, I, I don't yes. know what they're called, but I know what you're talking. I can visualize it. Yep. Okay. Those are fun well, too. He absolutely, he said, if the only thing I get is that, okay, fine. Then he doesn't <laughs> know that. Um, my other son, my older son is getting um, some type of wireless earbud, an AirPod of, of some sort. He needs some kind of you know, device like that. And those are yeah. that in itself is a beast. And then they're expensive. Yes. My sweet little girl. Yeah. Well, gee, many Christmas. So then my littlest girl, she got kind of, she went through a phase where she was really afraid of dolls for a while. So she donated every last doll she had. And then she's like, mom, I'm really not afraid of dolls anymore. And I'd really like one that looks exactly like me. So hence we bring in American girl. And I'm like, no, surely I'm a very frugal mom. So I'm like, no, no, no. Walmart or Target has these my life or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not not hardly. These don't. They're not going to cut the mustard for her. They um, do not. There, that is not doing it. Oh, I got goodness. you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I got one and it was. I picked it up and it was. I mean, it kind of creeped me out. I was like, yeah, no, yeah. this isn't going to work. So she is getting an American Girl doll, a real one. They will be ecstatic. Sounds like a stellar Christmas for everybody. Um, yes. American Girl dolls are so well-made. I mean, they really are. And my daughter, Clara, was actually terrified of dolls for a really long time. Like, most of her childhood. 
she would hide them in her closet. And then finally I'm like, you don't ever play with these. And she's like, I can't take them out of the closet. But she did have a bitty baby and she really liked the bitty baby. It was just really solid and cute. Like, you know, it just yes. felt it had a very, it had a very different quality to it. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I fully support you. I'm also frugal and, but I'm, but I'm willing to spend on a not creepy doll that won't, that's head yeah. won't fall off. So <laughs> agreed. ain't nothing as creepy as a, as a baby doll that's head falls off. Right. So <laughs> you don't want that. I love it. I love it. And you know, you mentioned like just something like a set of earbuds, like can kind of do it. Like that's it. That's the gift. And I really remember switching over to that stage of motherhood where like, oh, I can't just buy a bunch of little stuff and wrap it and put it under the tree because what they want is like $150. Like it's Mm -hmm. like the things that they want are high ticket items. So then you have to get really creative about how to kind of round it out. And I feel like in our case, there was a lot of treats. Like that's when like a lot of like edibles and, you know, um, fun socks, things like that, that kind of, you know, give you things to open that aren't going to, you know, each thing be a lot of uh, very expensive. So yeah, I love it. Agreed. Agreed. I love it. Well, Lisa, this sounds delightful. You sound like you just have the most fun family um, holiday experience. I'm really excited to hear more about your advent calendar. I hope you're going to maybe write something for us for the blog or something about that because I would love to see what it looks like. Yeah. I also really love the service. Like I love that. Yes. Part of what you are teaching your kids is this attitude of helping others and helping each other during the holiday. Cause I just think that's also really important. So thank you so much for sharing about your family with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was super fun. Well, this has been so much fun being at home for the holidays with a couple of moms from our contributor team. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you, Jennifer, for joining us on this episode. So listeners, don't forget to check out our holiday headquarters on the Mom Hour website. And we've been talking about it on social media, but we did um, a really cool rebrand and refresh to our website. So you should also head there just because it looks really pretty. But the holiday headquarters is one page where we're collecting all of our holiday podcast episodes like this one, plus blog posts, a link to our small business boutique that we mentioned earlier. Just it is the hub for everything holiday at the Mom Hour. So that's at themomhour.com slash holiday 21. And Megan, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your conversation with Kia from our contributor team. That's going to be this Friday's Voices episode. And it kind of fits in with this episode because again, we're going behind the scenes in just another mom's holiday situation. And in Kia's situation, there is a new baby about to join the family. Yeah, Kia and I have a few things in common. Um, She's pregnant with her fourth, so another big family mom. She also got her start as a mom pretty young, like me, and um, she's got a blended family. So we had a lot to talk about. I also want to point out that as of the time we're recording this, Kia is still pregnant, unless something happened like last night that I don't know about. But I've been like following her Instagram really closely Mm -hmm. to see when this baby is going to come. And it's possible that by the time this episode airs, there will be really cute baby pictures as well. So um, we'll have to definitely tag her in the show notes so that you can go check out her beautiful family. So that is coming up this Friday in our Voices episode. All right, everyone, stay tuned for that. And thanks for joining us today. We will talk to you all soon. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment. And it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. 
So I would love it if mom, our listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hey everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the mom hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.